SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase. I'm Aaron Reese with Alex Schiffer. Uh, we're here to discuss uh, Mizzou stuff because that's our job. We cover Mizzou sports for the Kansas City Star. Um, so if you're listening, then you can also watch this weekly on Facebook Live on our page of Zoo Zone. Um, and if you are uh, watching, well, you can re-listen, I guess, if you're interested in doing that. Um, Sports Daily KC Podcast you can find on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, etc. We'll, we'll put a link on there. So we're going to start doing that, recording these two ways so that people can catch it however uh, they most appreciate. Uh, what's up with you? Um, Sick? Yeah, yeah. somewhat. Great time to get sick yeah, right, with... Uh, maybe not the best time to start transitioning into doing these audio only. But, I know, uh, I know. Yeah. We're going to lose so many subscribers just with the first one. Yeah. <laughs> I brought the cough drops, though, okay. and I, uh, I'm on drugs, so I'm, okay. I'm in about as good a condition as I can be. Okay, well, there you go. Antibiotics, or... No. Not yet. My okay. dad keeps telling me to go to a doctor, and I said, like, when I get back from LSU, if I'm still sick. Yeah, yeah. I got... Okay. This work comes first. Yeah, of course. Um, speaking of work, what's the... The storyline of of all this right now is the same thing it's been for a while, which is will Michael Porter Jr. return to Mizzou um, or return to playing for Mizzou? I guess the latest update is that there's not an update, <laughs> like in that he went to the doctor today. We know in Columbia, not in Dallas, even though the surgery was performed in Dallas, uh, and we don't know what came with that visit yet. I guess maybe we'll know tomorrow. Conzo Martin's going to meet with. Supposed to meet with media tomorrow, we think. So um, if he does indeed meet with us tomorrow, then certainly he'll be asked about it. And uh, um, we would seem like he would probably have to know one way or another what at least came out of that meeting. And maybe the doctor gave some clearance, or maybe the next step is clearance the following week. Or I mean, who? It's just like this whole saga is just bizarre. It you you literally can't write this the way this yeah. has all gone down yeah. it seems like even mizzou hasn't known which way is up sometimes with what's going on with him yeah and to me what's just getting interesting is that you know last week we were all talking about how whenever he comes back it'll be good because mizzou will get a few regular season games to right get acquainted with playing with him again and, and get some time to kind of gel with him now you kind of wonder is do we not see him potentially until st louis or wherever they go for the NCAA tournament, <clears throat> and going off that, are there is there even a chance? I today I I I feel like we've changed our opinion so much on this. I'm going to only cause havoc when I say this. Yeah. I kind of began to wonder today. Uh, began to wonder today if he does if he even comes back. I okay. I was feeling this too, but I I didn't know. I didn't know oh, you're waiting for me. I okay. I didn't know if like this is like something that people should say, but. I think that it's really interesting or and you know, I I think I'm victim to getting wrapped up in this, I think a lot of people are, is that when Mike says I wanna play again and I'm hoping the doctor clears me to play like then the thing everyone thinks is like, oh, okay, so he's going to go to the doctor next week. The doctor's going to clear him to play. Yeah. He wouldn't be sitting here and, and talking like this if he didn't feel really confident for it. But, I mean, if you, you know, if you, if you look through the – or read what he actually said, like transcribe it or read it, there's two things he said. One was like, my doctor doesn't care if I play this year, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I mean, not like he's not – which I don't think is some giant 
coded thing that we should look too much into, but I think it's significant, right? And yeah. Like, a reminder that the doctor doesn't work from a zoo, like, and that's not the person who matters most here, or that's not what matters most to this doctor here. And two, that, you know, he can say, oh, I feel like I can play, like I'm ready to play, but Conzo Martin pointed out on his on his radio appearance day in St. Louis, which you could say the questions were kind of leading or whatever, but... Yeah. Um, it, it's In his experience as a coach, and logical, like, these things typically don't go from, like, no, you can't practice to, like, yeah, you're full go, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, there's probably another step here of, does he... Is he clear to play without contact or practice without contact? Okay, now is he cleared to do contact? Like, okay, how ready is he to now go against a non-teammates and, yeah. and, in games? And I don't know how quick you go from one step to the next step to the next step, but, I mean, I think kind of just those little comments give you a little more perspective, a little more like, okay, like, let's let's – Ease off here a little bit. Mike can feel really great about this. Mike is also 19 or whatever and, mm-hmm. and can feel great about everything. But that doesn't mean that that's really what's going to happen. So as much as it seems like these things are gaining momentum, part of me at the same time is like, okay, until he steps on the floor, I'm still not certain he's ever going to play. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, too, because the more and more I've kind of thought about it, it's, you know, all right, let's just say Mike comes back to practice and... It's going to take a while for, you know, the, the mental aspect to come back to him right. feeling fine with the back. Well, if he goes up for a Duncan and lands awkwardly or whatever, maybe he says, you know, okay, uh, maybe I can practice, but I don't know if playing is a great maybe idea right now. So idea. Yeah. I just, I think that maybe I've, we've all been brought down to reality a bit today, but I just kind of thought from that whole thing of, of Conzo and, and his radio stint today, you know, my takeaway too was... This is their star player. This is the franchise guy. This is the Tom Brady of Mizzou. And Conzo said, you know, when Frank asked him, you know, he'll be cleared for what? And he's like, non-contact, I guess. Like, what do you mean you guess? You don't know the whole itinerary right (laughs) now? Like, this is 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 the the face of the franchise. Right, right. Like, what are the steps here? Yeah, so the fact that that I took away that Conzo is not fully sure himself as to everything that's going on. and. I I think the people that have been around the team and around and follow the team closely that might not be breaking news. Right. But but I also think it kind of indicates to you not to cut you off by I think it also kind of indicates that if it was really 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 close, he probably would know all the steps. Yes. If it wasn't really 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 close, then maybe he's still kind of in the same position he's been all season, which is, you know, like he's part of the team, he's around, but like I'm not fixating on this until it's worth Getting worked up about. Yeah. Something that someone had brought up to me today that I thought was interesting was, you know, do you think there'll be an advance notice if an MPJ is playing? I'm convinced you and I are going to be at a game, and we'll, maybe he'll come out in warm-ups for one game, but he won't play, and it'll be yeah. a little tease. And then we'll see him, like, take his jersey off, and he'll come in, and we'll, we'll all look around like, wait, like, blood alcohol level? Yeah. Z- all zeros? <laughs> yeah. Like, fever? Nothing? <laughs> like, like, what? This is legit, yeah. So I really think that if he were to return, we're going to have no clue. We're going to have yeah. no advance notice. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Missouri's – let's just say he comes back in the SEC tournament because right now that, that looks like maybe the more realistic yeah. thing. If Michael Porter checks in along with Brett Rao, the yeah. walk-on, because he that's what he needs to play in right now was absolute garbage yeah. time. So I, I really – I have no – if you were to ask me last week, walking out of Mike's press conference, if he plays, I would have said absolutely. Yeah. Today, I, I've kind of amended my statement <laughs> to, 
No freaking clue slash yeah. doubtful. <laughs> and well, that's and, what's so funny about this whole thing is like from week to week it can change, and it's because like no one, no one can really say anything definitively. Like even mm-hmm. like the people who are involved in the process, and so it leaves like open for all this speculation, and it's shocking that it has not distracted the actual like product on the court. Well, th- that's the other thing I was thinking about today is that they've won five straight and they've won, they've had two of the most impressive wins, the overtime win against Mississippi State on Saturday and the win against A&M on Tuesday. Both came after Mike said what looked to be that he's returning. And I kind of yeah. wonder if you're Conzo, you want to kind of cut this noise off. And that's why I've asked Conzo before, you know, if, if he can't come back by a certain date, Right. Will you ask the whole thing? To ask your team to kind of play with this looming over their heads right. is, is to me, kind of unfair. And it's picking up momentum now. So, like, the yeah. idea of, like, oh, it's not a distraction. I mean, yeah, maybe. But I, I would I would think it's maybe a little more of a distraction than it was three weeks ago. I would you know, find like, it. So they're down to nine healthy guys able to play on the yeah. team. I would find it very hard to believe if you put all nine on truth serum, including yeah. Jonte. Yeah. That nine out of nine would say this is not a distraction. Right. I'd have a very hard yeah, time believing it. Yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. Um, and we have no. I'm going to be on route to Baton Rouge yeah. early tomorrow for the LSU yeah. game. You're going to be immediate day. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea what Kanz is going to yeah. say. I have no. <laughs> I don't even have an inclination as to well maybe he could touch on this. I, yeah. I think the question for Kanz tomorrow is what did Mike's doctor say yesterday? Yeah. What's what can the next he do? Appointment? What yeah. can he do now? Yeah, and I and you know and like and then okay, if he is only cleared for non-contact, okay, when do you? When would be the next time in which you would revisit if he's cleared for contact? And when would be the time after that he'd be cleared to play in the game? Like, can we nail down a timeline on all this stuff? Because it's kind of you know it's like there's not much time left, so you kind of figure you can point out days by which things need to happen for something, and. You know, you make a good point. I mean, even or before we started, but if they play in the NCAA tournament game, or if they get to the NCAA tur- tournament, which they should, and if he's healthy by the NCAA tournament, which the way this is picking up, maybe he's hasn't, maybe he won't play in any games prior to that. But maybe he's healthy by then. I mean, who knows? But like, let's say he even gets to that point, even if he has not worked with the team, and he said, you know, I want to do what's best for the team, whatever. How does Conzo or how how can how could the fan base take how would the fan base take like the idea that a healthy Michael Porter, even if he hadn't practiced, is sitting on the bench, not playing in that game because he didn't get time mm-hmm. in to adjust with this team, and then you lose an NCAA tournament game by let's say like five points. Like, you know, like and because the whole argument you you've gotten into with people on Twitter is Thank like, you for the reminder. Seventy seventy percent of seventy percent of MPJ is better than like 100%, 100% of Colin Bentley or Reed Nico, whatever. Sure, and that's not a knock on. But he's guys. not going to come but, back. But, no, no, no. Yeah. But, but my point is, is like, okay, but is a hundred percent, but a hundred percent healthy MPJ that hasn't practiced or hasn't played in a live game prior to this like NCAA tournament game, let's say hypothetically, is certainly better than a hundred percent Colin Van Leer. But on principle and on like superstition or whatever you want to call it, the idea that he hasn't like had any live time with these guys, do you still put him in there? And I don't know if it's necessarily the right call, but I think you would have to because you couldn't live down the idea of like you had this top prospect and you didn't play him. And, and for a number of reasons. One, I think like hurt, it would really hurt your perception of the fan base if that would happen. And two, you were saying like recruiting. I mean, that, like that would, that would just, it would linger and like be the side effect for forever yeah. until... Yeah. 
I've even kind of wondered as as we've been talking about this before we went on air that if Mike would were to play an NCAA tournament game and Mizzou were to lose, wouldn't there be? Couldn't there be? Because this is just the way fan bases are. Wouldn't there be complaints even if Mike were to play? Like, all right, let's just say he has a limit restriction. He comes in and plays yeah. fifteen twenty minutes. Well, they, and I speak, you know, because we're the Kansas City Star. I speak as a growing up a New York Mets fan, and the Mets losing the World Series to the Royals when Matt Harvey said, I want to stay in, yeah. and they left him in and he got shelled. I, I think there's another ulterior dilemma that comes in here. You know, if Mike wants to play, if Mike's, in, in, I was going to say innings limit, minutes limit is 15 minutes, and Mike plays 15 minutes and looks good. He's four for five from the field, yeah. 12 points. Does he do and, so? Yeah, yeah. And does, yeah, and with, it's, it's also interesting just with Porter Sr. on the staff. Do you say... Okay, we're taking you out after 15 minutes, but Mike says I could play more, and Mizzou loses the game. So yeah. you lose a game with Michael Porter, but he cl- comes out after the game and says I could have played more. Yeah. Or do, do you, you leave do? him right. in and he shoots you out of the game right. and you lose, and you say, well, he wanted to play and he's my best player, and and we haven't had him all year. And I, yeah. yeah. So I. It's very very. I think it's a lose lose situation yeah. for Conzo in some senses, and I I feel like the only way. That and I don't even want to say Mizzou comes out a winner because it, it doesn't. But the only way that that you can look good in this situation is if Mike says by X game X or by the postseason, just some kind of statement of if I can't return before the end of the regular season, I'm not going to come back. Yeah. Or I won't return if I can't play before the end of the regular yeah. season. And but I don't think we're going to get that answer. I mean, uh, no, I, no. I think the think, speculation we're going to be dealing yeah. with every day till the end. I of the season. I think the way he spoke, you know, and the way they, well, both of them, in fairness, I mean, not just him. I mean, Conzo said too, like he was asked about as their draft dead date, and he was kind of like, "Ah, oh, we'll visit that if it gets to that point." Well, it's like, well, what isn't that what we're asking? Like, when is that point? You know, like he also said in that answer, which was interesting to me, though, we have to do what's best for the team, and what's best for the team might not be best for everyone, which. Right. Again, I'm interested to see what he says tomorrow while I'm in the air, but I'd be interested to see if he amends that statement tomorrow to say Game X or yeah, right. if he, I won't entertain this in the postseason or something like that. Right, yeah. Very, uh, very complicated. Or a but... win-win if he plays, yes, but he has to play first. Yeah. Before... <laughs> the only thing I will say is Mizzou's end of the regular season, their last two regular season yeah. games are like... Total tune-up opportunities. At Snowflakes. Vanderbilt. All right. At Vanderbilt. Yeah. At Vanderbilt and home <laughs> against Arkansas. I, I shouldn't have said snowflakes. <laughs> um, but those are probably their two easiest remaining games left on the schedule. Yeah. Right? And home against Ole Miss, again, it's just soft schedule. It's kind of tough to tell. But I don't but, think he's going to – I don't think he'll play in that. I mean, Conzo said he's not playing in that game. Yeah, so. no. He Right now, the, the – Yeah, he'd be shocked if he's on the floor Tuesday – can't answer about next Saturday, but those last two games are about as good of a situation as you can ask for with all of this, which is why it'll be interesting next week. If you could get him on the floor for those last two games, I think you could do a lot for the postseason. Yeah. Obviously, any game is better than, than none, but it it's the, the schedule is really benefiting Michael Porter to come back right now, yeah. and that's why it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And the other thing to keep in mind is that... In terms of people who are like, well, it's going to take worried about how much time it would take him to adjust or them to adjust if he goes back. Is that basically <coughs> because of because of this win streak because they won this game against A and M and stuff? 
And presuming they win two of those next, you know, presuming they at least win at Vanderbilt home against Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically none of these six games between at least six games. If you figure they lose, if you say they lose their first game in the conference tournament, like mm-hmm. none of them, but none of the games between now and Selection Sunday matter essentially because they they will probably make it. And they're you know, I mean, like you want the seed to be high and max that all up. But my my point basically being like. You can afford for him to come out and just play like. There's crap. no more like, resume like, wins left. Yeah, like in the you can schedule. afford for him to come out and just play like crap. And like, and someone on this on these comments here said that you know, like you'd think he'd play Kentucky. I don't know. I mean, I who knows at this point. But if he if he did play Kentucky, I mean, that's the other thing is like, why would you play him to some degree? If that that winning Kentucky would be a nice little boost, but you don't need it. So wouldn't you rather take the risk of I'm not going to play him against Ole Miss? I'm going to kind of leave it in the dark of like what this team would look like, how much he would play, what he would look like, whatever. Don't give Calipari any time to look at anything. And then you come out, and if it's great, cool. You won at Kentucky. You still a big win, even if Kentucky's not great. And if you lose, it's like okay, whatever. We're going to make that say tournament anyway. No, I, I agree. I've had college coaches tell me off the record that injuries are things they're most sensitive yeah. to dealing with when it comes to reporters because they don't want to give a scouting advantage to the next team right. on the schedule. So it makes complete sense for Mizzou to kind of go dark on this until he's ready to play. Yeah. But it's just going to lead to more questions, more rumors. The, the other thing I've kind of thought about all this, I might get a little off topic. Everyone's compared this all year to a Kyrie Irving situation. It's not the same. It's completely yeah. different. You know, I've thought more about, like, he played 11 regular season games before he got – or he played 11 no, pre-games. Eight, he played eight. eight and then three in the tournament. Eight games in two minutes is night and day. And for yeah. those that keep comparing it to that, like – I'm going to sound like, like Mike Francesa, yeah. but like you really got to like re- go home and rethink about that. <laughs> like Eight games and two minutes is a completely different situation. Yeah. He had run that offense. He's a point guard before. You know, he'd been in that, those situations. He knew the playbook. And I'm not saying Mike doesn't, but eight games to kind of adjust to that compared to two or three, or, and, and right now just two minutes. Like, yeah. come on. It's not the same. So I'm kind of throwing it out there yeah. to some of the people that have well, come Well, and other people were like, well – People say that it's a big risk for him. Like, well, Kyrie Irving came back and was the number one pick. If I remember correctly, that draft wasn't nearly as deep as this one. Yes. The number two pick in that draft was Derek Williams. You can go look up how Derek Williams did. Yes, he was a pick a couple years ago, which isn't a good thing. Yeah, that's all I'll say. Um... Okay, good chance of finishing second in conference. Let's let's shift out of this. We've, we've now spent 18 minutes talking about a guy who might not play. So like, let's uh. All right. By the way, the guy that said that the doctor's appointment might be for his new puppy. If that's the case, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um. Also, he named his puppy Mike, which you know I'm not here to judge, but kind of like a yeah, Garrett. Yeah, what's yeah. the boxer that named all of his kids the same name? He has, oh, oh, oh. He has uh, the grill. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh. George, George Foreman. Foreman. Yeah, George yeah. Foreman. He named like all his full of George Georgina Foreman. And, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's uh let's move on. Okay. Chance they would finish second in the conference. Um. I mean, I I'd have to look at the the standings real quick. I it doesn't seem very likely. Auburn is I mean, going to be tough to catch. Be, I believe be Tennessee tough. is in second. Yeah. So I it it wouldn't seem likely. Let's see. I mean, Tennessee's in second, nine and four. I guess Mizzou's eight and five. Um, that's and, the American yeah, East Conference. Well, that's is all of it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Mizzou doesn't have the tiebreaker over Florida, which is also sitting at eight and five in but conference. But it does over Tennessee and but Bama. It, it does over Tennessee and Bama. Um, that's true. Tennessee would have to lose another game. Auburn, you're not going to catch. What's Tennessee's remaining schedule? Tennessee's remaining schedule is... Other teams Tennessee has left. Florida, uh, Miss State. 
Florida, Miss State. They probably Georgia beat Georgia twice. twice. They beat Ole Miss. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess they could lose to Florida, but that then helps Florida. Um, Mississippi State's a good team. I don't know. I mean, you know, that's the thing about this conference is these all these teams can beat up on one another all the this time. This state and Tennessee are kind of similar. Too. They yeah. don't really have a true big. Yeah. They kind of play more with their guards. Yeah. So that'd be an interesting game. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's. Is it possible? I guess, yeah, I'd have to, I could map out all the stuff for you. But, I mean, I think more realistically, that doesn't matter so much as just can they hold on to one through four. And, yes. And, they, and can get they a double get, buy. get the double bye in the, in the SEC tournament? Maybe give Michael Porter Jr. some more time to recover. Um, I mean, that's, that's what matters the most here. Um, and I think that is legitimately gonna, a very real po- possibility they hold on to that. I agree. Um, other questions. I believe they were picked fourth or fifth in the conference too. So they it'd be fourth, fourth. They, I think, with right? Mike, they were picked fourth in the conference. That's so right, it'd be impressive right. for them to kind of hold right. that spot without him. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and that and that also kind of speaks to something a lot of people said about you know should Conzo be the national coach of the year, um, which is a really, in my opinion, legitimate um, discussion. Eh. Check on Twitter if we've got any questions. All right. SEC Player of the Year. Uh, Cassius deserves a look. I think, I think he's got a shot. Someone asked yeah. me this today. You know, there's no runaway player in the conference, if you ask me. I mean, yeah. Grant Williams or Admiral Schofield of Tennessee, I think, have shots. Yeah. Chris Chios of Florida, because he's a senior veteran that's, that's kind of done a little bit of everything in his career. Uh, the Bryce Brown, maybe, on Auburn. But, yeah. but, you know, even if you look at those guys, it's not like they're putting out amazing numbers. I mean, Cash is similar to all those guys. Right. And he's been on a tear recently. Yeah, we talked about Mizzou's schedule kind of being a little soft towards the end. I think that kind of helps Cash's case because if he could kind of put up big numbers going into the end of regular season, that could maybe give him a bit of a push. More momentum. Yeah. yeah. And, and I saw it getting talked about on the SEC Network the other day about him as a candidate, which I thought was a good sign for him. Yeah. But... I think the media votes for Ke- for those awards. I think if the coaches could vote, I think Cash would have a really good yeah. shot because a couple coaches have brought that up before. But yeah, I don't know about the media. If I there think... was an award for most like impact grad transfer, oh, he'd, he'd be the runaway. Yeah. He'd be the runaway. I mean, and he went up too, which is not normal how these things work. Uh, at least not for guys who are making the sort of impact he has. Barnett's recent struggles a concern moving forward. Matt Mack asked. Uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, I, think I, don't, I wouldn't say it's recent though. It's been like all season. It's been kind of I, I think here and there, and, and he's just not. I don't think he's a super consistent player because I think he is overly reliant on whether he's going to hit threes. And if he's not hitting threes, then he's not going to be super consistent, and or he's not going to play so well. And I mean, yeah, it's huge for this team when he's playing well. I mean, you saw that against against A and M. I mean, I think they're just a much better team. Like it opens things up on offense. It, this takes attention away from Cassius, all that stuff. But I don't. I don't see that changing. I don't see him becoming more reliant. I, I think that game against AM, what it did show you is like what this team can look like when everybody's kind of clicking. I mean, everyone played well. And that, I mean, that, and AM was one of the like hottest teams in the country. It's funny you say that because uh, we didn't get to talk much after the, tennis, the A&M game because it felt like crap, and I still do. But something that I kind of thought about during that AM game was that was the first game that Jordan Barnett really didn't just try to dunk or take threes offensively. He took some baseline shots, yeah. he drove and did some pull-up stuff. And I kind of got myself wondering, you know, what would this team look like if he was doing more of that all year? I remember Kyle Keller, the Stephen F. Austin coach, he said in the postgame, all we had on film of Barnett was him taking threes yeah. 
and dunking. Yeah. And that's really been the whole season. And those have only been games where he's on. Yeah. Other games where he's been in a funk, it's just and kind of been like... He kind of stops taking shots, stops doing much. Yeah. He, he disappears. So, I've kind of, you know, to me, I always think Barnett will go down as a player that was a what-could-have-been player if, yeah. he, if he had all four years at Mizzou and... If he didn't just be, you know, two-dimensional on offense where it was dunks and threes for the most part and was fully engaged and was this lockdown defender that Kondo envisioned him to be, yeah. I think he could have been like a second-round NBA yeah, pick. he has all the tools. But, and, and it's funny because I even kind of wondered if, he'd gone, if he goes to the NBA Summer League and some coach lights a fire under his butt yeah. and he plays really well, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a training camp just because it's all there. Right. It's just kind of like, it's like if you're packing a lunch before you go to work. He might take the sandwich and the piece of fruit, but he doesn't take everything with him to the game. And if he took all of that, it'd be interesting to see what he could be. Did, yeah. that, did that work? Yeah, was, I thought that, that, that was, was really fine. cheesy. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll take I'm, it. I'm not, I'm uh, not 100% yeah, like Reed yeah, Nico yeah, right yeah, now. I guess. I'm uh, 70% MPJ. Okay, yeah. <laughs> He's not playing. Um, best all around free throw percentage team in the SEC. That's kind of weird. I think question. I uh, think Auburn I think, is, is it, statistically because yeah, when Mizzou yeah, came we in, look it up. I mean, Mizzou's really good at that. I mean, yeah. I know that, that is how I can. While he looks that up, I guess I'll just say that. I mean, Mizzou's free throw shooting is going to help them stay or they keep hold of these games that they are in a lot of ways utter, otherwise just utterly collapsed. The inbound passes, which just who knows why that is happening, but um, yeah, I mean. Why is Auburn good this year? Uh, great question. Ask the uh, FBI. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Carl's doing a really good job coaching. I, I mean, he's and, doing. And if and if if he was if the coach of the year thing was only based on what was happening on the court, I think he deserves it even more than Conzo Martin does. But if it includes stuff off the court, then I think he deserves it less, and I think Conzo Martin deserves it more. You know, like I agree. I, um, and maybe that's a, a weird way of saying all that, but. Um, I got a question from Twitter that asks top priorities for 2019 basketball recruiting and chances that they sign with MU. And I have another guy asking for the link. He claims to follow me on Twitter, but he doesn't know that this live chat's going on. That's interesting. <laughs> um, we talked about this in my story last week. EJ Liddell from Belleville is easily their top target. We went to hang out with him. I got the vibe that they really like Mizzou, the family. Yeah. Um, he's a little undersized at his position, which I think is going to help keep some of the blue bloods away from him, which is a benefit to Mizzou. I think it's a two-way race between Mizzou and Illinois right now. I think Mizzou is the slight leader. Um, Mario McKinney out of Vashon in St. Louis. His cousin Jimmy was a standout player for Mizzou under Quinn Snyder. I think they have a great shot at him. I think, I'd be surprised if he doesn't land with Missouri. I think getting him helps with EJ as well. And then after that, there's kind of other guys that we know that they like, but we can't really tell where they stand with Mizzou and other schools. Francis Okoro at Normal, Illinois. Only a couple schools have been in for him, but I could see him blowing up. He'd be a great, great guy. He's like a top 30 player. Um, Mercedes Leach in the Poplar Bluff, the Boot Heel Estate, is like the question I get all the time. He's been kicked off Poplar Bluff, to my knowledge, and he's very injury prone, so that's not really a good combination. Yeah. Um, some people even said that they think he might have to do a prep year just to get back on some of these Blue Bloods radars. But when he's on, he's a great player. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens with him. And Hargrove. Hargrove. Terrence Hargrove at St. Louis, East St. Louis. I think the jury's out with him right now. He hasn't played for major major AAU cycle circuit. The drugs are really screwing me up. 
Um, Whoa. He's uh, <laughs> talking about what? <laughs> like cough syrup? Yeah, but, cough syrup, Claritin, yeah. all that. Um, Claritin. But, uh, but I think that he's got a chance to be a, a real diamond in the rough recruit for Mizzou, mm-hmm. but I think Mizzou's kind of hesitant to pull the trigger on him yet. I know they've offered him. I just don't think that's a committable offer right now. Carter Gage asks, was Sean Webster Gross tonight in St. Louis? How many future tires play in that game? Not Courtney Ramey. Not Courtney Ramey and not Cartier Gordon. I'm going to go with one with Mario McKinney. Okay. Because uh, uh, Cameron Fletcher is a 2020 kid ever, Sean, that they really like. He's going to be a big time. Yeah, he didn't put a class on it. He, he didn't put, put a class. Yeah. I'm going to say one for 2019. Jerry's out for 2020. Okay. All right. None for 2018. Um, all right, let's, good question though. Yeah, all right, let's shift uh, NCAA tournament placements. The the projections, the people who do these things all the time, basically seven seed seems like where it's at right now. Where do you think they could top out at? If let's say I don't think they win out, so let's say they lose at Kentucky, just go four and, and one. Then you say and let, yeah, and. And I, they'll probably get them the double bye, right? I mean, let's say they win yeah. one game in the, in the mm-hmm. SEC tournament or something like that. I mean, I mean, barring like a crazy winning the SEC title, where, where do you think they can kind of top out as a team in the seeding? I have said before, and you know, again, my answer changed from this morning because of all this Michael Porter stuff. I think if they were to go 4-1 and one and... If they hypothetically, if they were to run the table, because everything that's still, in the, uh, that's still possible right now, if they were to run the table at the end of the, re- the regular season... And win the SEC tournament, that's about eight wins or so. I think they could go in and get as high as a four. Sneak in as a four, probably a five is more realistic. That's like the ceiling. Yeah. Um, right now where they are, you know, we've talked about before how there's no real resume wins left. I think that this is where they'll probably end up. I, th- I think a six is probably the best situation for them because they have a better chance of the Sweet 16. Anything to get them out of the 8-9 game, really. It almost like a drop to a 10 might be a better situation yeah. just because that 8-9 game, if, you, if you're an 8-seed or a 9-seed and you win and you play the 1-seed one one seed. Yeah. One without Michael Porter, yeah. there's no chance you win. This is still a team that can make a run to the Sweet 16 in the right, in the right, right situation yeah. without Michael Porter. I agree. So, if, I mean, if they, if they get Mike back and they're the 8-9 seed, that's the game that no one wants to play because right. if Michael Porter goes crazy... They knock out a one, and then all bets are off as to how far they go. So, I just think, I just think that right now, if the best case scenario for Mizzou is to avoid the eight nine game and try to stick around a six five area, if they can. I, again, I'm not the committee. I I don't know what it would take for them to get to a five. A six, because they're a seven right now. It's kind of logical to think, all right, if they're a yeah. seven. Like, if they're a seven right now, they're not going to go all the way up to a one. Right. But if they're a seven, then I guess it's reasonable to say they can go to a six. Yeah. And then, you you know, we've kind of said how, will the committee look at Mizzou differently if Mike comes back? It probably puts you up a seed. Yeah. It's so, if they can get to that six-five range, I think they're in a great, great shot to get to the Sweet 16. And then yeah. all bets are off. Yeah. But... The 8-9 game, I think, is a thing they just have to avoid. avoid. Yeah, I agree with that. Avoiding Wichita and getting us to San Diego yeah, would be nice, that'd be too. Cool too. I, although, regarding Wichita, there's one thing I do want to say. People in Wichita are going to hate us. No, well, there's one thing I do want to say is that, uh, like, if they played if they played in Wichita, presumably then you'd get KU in the second round. 
Um, I, I think it's interesting to think. To make our boss Mike Fan yeah, a yeah. very happy. Well, man. no, but I was th- it would be interesting. What would, like, if they had Porter back, they'd probably beat KU. I would think. I, I mean, I mean, they lost in the exhibition game. Yeah, and you know, and, I mean, the, so much Kansas has, has lost then, Billy Preston, they've had Sylvia to Yeah, but Mike had a bad game against Kansas, yeah. and they lost by, by like six. by six. Yeah, Mike has a good game. Yeah, and that's before the and emergence that's before of Cassius. Cassius became what he was. That's, and Jonte became as good as he was. Yeah, yeah. Tillman had Tillman right. fouled out of that game. He's With been a little better fouls. lately. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't put it. Yeah, it's funny because both teams they to me. Kansas and Mizzou have had similar seasons where Billy Preston, who was supposed to be like their main freshman, yeah. had to go because yeah. of NCAA issues. Mike had back surgery. They both have very short benches. And they've had to play guys out of position. You know, I think Kansas has done more to try to create depth where Missouri hasn't. You know, they added the football player on the team. They brought Silvio D'Souza in early, signed yeah. in. People have asked us if Javon Pickett could have done that. He, I mean, he injured his shoulder. It doesn't really matter. So... I've kind of wondered a bit about that. Just they've had very similar seasons. It'd be really interesting to see them match up, right. just because they're they're kind of in the same boat right now. Except Kansas has won a lot more. Yeah, and uh, the only <coughs> I think the only school that has more quadrant one wins or quadrant one games, which quadrant one, if you don't know, is what the like how the NCAA is determining or committee will look at stuff now. Quadrant one is home games versus RPI one through thirty, neutral one through fifty, and then road one through seventy. 70. Or 75, one of the two. Um, only team that has more of them, at least as of Tuesday, was was KU. Um, so Mizzou, you know, I, it'd be it'd be fun in a lot of a lot of ways. But anyway, uh, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Uh, they're at LSU on Saturday. I'll be there. You won't be. Yeah. You're sticking around for the women's game yeah. against Tennessee. Um, LSU. It seems like is a team that. Kind of like a Jordan Barnett where they either come out really hot or they kind of roll over yeah, a little bit. absolutely. So I don't really know what to expect. Tremont Walters is the point guard. He's a really excellent player. Will Wade's done a lot with his game, and they've recruited really well. Next year they're going to be really, really good. They have a really top-tier recruiting class. Um, so I, it's a road game, though. Mizzou's kind of been weird at LSU. They've won some of those games. They've lost some of them. So... It kind of feels like a trap sort of game. I, I, mean, I think it is like a trap the game. The environment won't be super great. You know, just kind of weird stuff. Yeah, I think I think if they win at LSU and they win at Mississippi on Tuesday against Mississippi, uh, at is they they were already on that yeah, game yeah. again. Bad day for me, guys. I'm really sorry, but uh, but now I think they definitely are a six seed, and then hopefully we have more clarity on Mike, which is a pipe dream. But they kind of have to me if they win on Saturday and they win on Tuesday they're officially in and they kind of have three games to kind of just chill yeah yeah, and, yeah get and, into 10 is like the magic number yeah the, so I wouldn't be surprised if they win I wouldn't be surprised if they lose I definitely think they'll win against Mississippi on Tuesday but I don't really know what to expect in Baton Rouge again I think it could be a blowout win for Mizzou I, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost they kind of came out a little asleep so I don't really know what to expect. I I don't feel comfortable picking picking a winner or not. Yeah, yeah, me neither. I guess we'll see. Then All the right. women we haven't talked about. I guess we can give them a short thing. They Tennessee is their last really big game. I guess the regular season on Sunday. Uh, well, they got they go to two A and M to close the season. That's but right. last the last big home game is Tennessee. Yeah, um, they're thirteenth right now. So top sixteen teams host first round. So they're still there. But I mean, they got to kind of this. This last four games is crucial. I mean, 
it's not like they're they're not waltzing into hosting necessarily. I mean, these these last games are going to matter. And it's also crazy how competitive the conference is because they're like mid tier in the conference basically. Yeah, they were. And they don't really. Third. Hold, this game's huge because they kind of need. <coughs> They kind of need to own a tiebreaker over a team. They don't really own many right now. Yeah, I was looking at the standings yesterday, and it was crazy to me because they were picked third in the conference. And I think you can make a case that they've been the third best team yeah. in the conference. But they they have a lot of work to do if they want to like kind of live up to that projection. And it's going to kind of be interesting to see what, what they do. But I definitely think they can make a Sweet 16 team. I think I think the biggest thing with them is going to be how does the bracket fall for them in in March. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, well, if you were listening to this on the podcast that we're going to upload here in a little bit, well, thanks for listening. You can go like um, the page that we broadcast this Facebook Live from, uh, which is the Bazoo Zone, Everything Missouri Tigers Athletics is what the name of it. Um, and that's where you can find all our Casey Star um, Mizzou stories. Uh, you can watch these Facebook Lives when they happen live um, or rewatch them later if you're, if you're into that. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, one way or another on the broadcast, on the podcast, or whatever. I'm Aaron Reese. Uh, he's Alex Schiffer. Uh, we'll do another one of these uh, soon. Uh, and maybe by the time we do the next one, we will know when Michael Porter Jr. is coming back. But I, uh, hopefully my voice yeah. is back. Yeah, but I doubt either one of those will happen. We'll see. All right, thanks.